Welcome to the Heart of Healing, the pandemic episodes. I am your host, Tom Fold. In these episodes, we will meet loving, talented people who, while coping with their own pandemic stress, are offering others understanding, compassion, love, and ways to relax and heal even under the weight of current conditions. Listen with an open heart to those who in this time of crisis are offering their hearts and talents to us all. And today I'm very happy to have as our guest, Flora Cohn, who is a physical therapist with a specialty in orthopedics and treating pregnancy, postpartum and pelvic pain. That's a lot. Welcome, Flora. <laughs> Hi, Tom. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. I'm so glad to have you here and to be able to discuss with you and let people hear about what I call good news. That is, here's something that may be bothering people, but they don't know what it is and they can get it. It can be treated. That's where I see is a very special thing to be able to explain. So I'm going to ask you then to explain to me <laughs> that which I think most people don't understand. The, I mean, I think they understand to some degree, you know, what pregnancy is and postpartum. But what about <laughs> pelvic pain and pelvic pelvic? Yeah. Talk, talk about that if you will. Well, pelvic pain is something that affects, you know, uh, pretty much everyone. We all have a pelvis and there's, um, there's muscles surrounding it. Specifically, the muscles that we look at are the pelvic floor muscles. And um, whether you're a male, you're a female, you're non-gender, transgender, everyone has a pelvic floor and they may have some issues that may arise. And I think the real important thing for people to understand who, you know, you, you don't really maybe hear a lot about this area of the body talked about, whether it's through your doctor or through media, is that your pelvic floor is really responsible for a lot of function. And where physical therapists come in is really help to help treat people with a lot of issues that can happen in this area. So just quickly, for example, um, one of the functions of the pelvic floor are to help with retaining and eliminating things. Uh, if someone has a difficult time retaining, say, for example, urine, a common issue that can happen is some people may cough or sneeze or laugh and experience some leakage, um, uh, inability to retain bowels or even gas. That is a pelvic floor issue. These muscles are responsible to help keep things in our body when we want to and to help us eliminate when we need to. Elimination is another problem that can be an issue. Um, these are your people who may be constipated or these may be people who have a hard time going to the bathroom. Uh, pelvic floor uh, physical therapy would help someone understand how to use these muscles properly in the event that they are having difficulty with these issues. Um, another important function of the pelvic floor is sexual appreciation. Um, there are sex therapists that help with maybe the emotional or the psychological component of intimacy. But again, there are muscles that are responsible for sexual appreciation and the enjoyment. And if there is say someone who had an injury, say they fell down and hurt their tailbone years ago, these muscles will be affected and can affect their ability to enjoy sex. Um, and, you know, in brief, if you also have a core that's weak and you're going to say your Pilates instructor or you're going to yoga or you're working out at the gym and you're so focused on your six pack, but your pelvic floor muscles, which are a very integral part of your core, 
are not firing properly, then you're not really getting the full picture. You're not getting the full, you know, uh, canister of, of the muscles of the muscles and how they can work for you. And so you may need a physical therapist to teach you where are these muscles, how they're utilized and how to incorporate them into your daily life. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting because as you described them, I was thinking, oh, this is all about people who are older, but I don't think that's what you're saying. But okay. you hear about leakage, for instance, and you think, oh, somebody older. Oh, oh. But, no, not at all. Um, you, leakage can happen to anyone. Um, it can happen to, for example, you know, as, as you mentioned, I treat a lot of the pregnancy and postpartum. So a mother can, you know, normally have some leakage after she's had a baby. Um, that, that, that will happen for a few weeks, but if it's been two, three months or even years in most cases I've seen, and there is leakage happening well after you've had your children, there, that, that is a problem. That is not normal. Uh, if your child's in college and every time you, you know, go to a comedy show, you're afraid to laugh because you're afraid you're going to have a, an accident, that should not be the case. Um, that's not funny. That's not funny. <laughs> not funny, at all. Not now, funny. How did you get interested in this? Because <laughs> I know you were a physical therapist for quite a while, yeah. but this, is, this area is something relatively new for you. How did you become uh, aware of it and interested? You know, um, it's very easy. I was working as an orthopedic physical therapist because that's my first baby. I, I just loved treating everything from head to toe. And so when I was uh, working as a physical therapist, I was always hungry to learn how to treat every body part, everything. Um, and then while I was working at New York Hospital, while Cornell, there was a pregnancy and pelvic pain department. And uh, my colleague came up to me and said, you know, you really should think about looking into treating this area. And, and, and I kind of was a little kind of weirded out about it at first, because I was like, well, what am I doing? I'm going and working in what area and what body parts. And, and it kind of felt a little awkward at first, but I started to realize that if I was going to be an all encompassing therapist, and if I really wanted to look at the entire body, I needed to make sure that I looked at this area. The pelvis is kind of the grand central station of our bodies. We have ground reaction forces from the ground hitting this area and we have gravity plus the weight of our head and our bodies and all that we do converging all in this one body part. So if I didn't look at this area, then I wasn't being the holistic physical therapist that I wanted to be. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And I, I just occurring, I know you, I hear sometimes, not sometimes, I've heard a lot about postpartum depression. Yeah. Just, I know that there are many reasons. Could physical reasons have part, be part of this? Well, yeah, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, one of the things that I got very passionate about when I was treating pregnancy in the hospital was education. And one of the common things that I kept hearing from mothers over and over again when I was treating them was, I never knew there was physical therapy for this, whatever it was, pain, headaches, uh, you know, uh, leakage, as we were mentioning. Um, and the same thing goes for postpartum mothers. And, you know, what happens is a woman is going through so much in what we call the fourth trimester. So we all know that there's three trimesters, but we call the fourth trimester that period of time after the baby's been born. And it's a real trimester of change because the mother is going through so many hormonal changes. It's, there's so much wonderful attention given to the baby, but the mother's wellness goes on the wayside. And baby blues are a real thing for moms after having had a baby. And part of it is hormonal. Most of it is usually hormonal 
in the sense where their bodies are still recalibrating from, you know, what they just went through with their breastfeeding or bottle feeding, their bodies are still going through a tremendous amount of change and pain can still be a very big part of their lives after delivering, whether it was a, maybe a traumatic delivery, or maybe they pushed for many hours and, uh, you know, now that they're having difficulty sit and feed their child. So that's where physical therapy can be helpful, but it's also in my role as a physical therapist to see that if a mom is very down and very sad, that she knows that she's a, that there is help because a lot of times I think there's a feeling of isolation and loneliness that comes with this territory. And so my, my priority is to really sit down and check in with my moms and say, how are you? And really get to the, get to kind of understanding where they are in those first few weeks where they're, it's just a whirlwind. They're trying to grasp at whatever they can to take care of their infant, but you know, they are just probably not really on the top list of their priorities themselves. So that's where I want to come in. Right. Well, I, I will tell you that my own per personal experience as a father, as a husband, uh, our daughter was born 23 and a half years ago. And I remember that my wife, Noelle, she was so uh, energetic and with it before the birth, during the birth and the whole thing. And she, we'd had a birth at home and all, oh, this is really- Rock star. <laughs> and afterwards, as she describes it, not my description, she said, I couldn't even take a shower. Yeah. You know, she was just wiped yeah. out. And, and that lasted for a while. And as I was told happily by people who were helping us, there's nothing wrong with this. This is just the body. You have to get your body back and your mind back. Yeah, it's true. And the reality is, you know, it, it again, okay, maybe for those first couple of weeks after having had your baby, but not okay if it becomes a long-term issue. Right. Um, and, and that's that's where the flag goes up. And that's where I think, you know, the U.S. needs to work, the United States needs to work a little bit more on, on maternity health care, even in the postpartum periods, because I think there's a lot of, you know, there's that six-week visit that everyone does after they've had their baby to their, their OBGYN. And I think that there's a lot that can slip through the cracks in that one visit when there's so much focus on the baby um, that if a mom's really not understanding that these changes are normal, but if they lag too long, it's a problem. I think that's where we still need to educate our moms a lot about this. Yeah, education is certainly a very big part. Speaking of that, during this last 18 months, because it's been not in, I imagine you haven't done much in person in these areas, yeah, it, now, it's fluctuated. It's fluctuated. How have you found being able to work uh, via Zoom, for instance? You know, Zoom actually, it's very interesting. It opened up a world of rehabilitation that I have never in my years. I mean, I've been now practicing 19 years ever, ever could have ever imagined us being, uh, you know, uh, able to provide a service through this medium. Um I, when I, when, you know, the lockdown happened, everything was so fast. And I remember at the time I was still working at a private practice and our, our bosses were sitting there telling us how to log into zoom and how to continue to provide care through zoom. And all I kept thinking was, well, first of all, like, is everyone going to be okay? Are we going to be fine? Are we going to have the things that we need to sustain and survive this pandemic? But then the next thing was, how's this supposed to work? And, um, it opened my eyes. I did. I was very pleasantly surprised with how much I was able to help individuals who were at home 
where I never got to go into their homes when I was working in the office. So to zoom in and see, well, how are you sitting at your desk? Is this why your back is hurting? Or are you properly, you know, using supports while you sit so that you can spend time on your other Zoom calls and not suffer from migraines? So that was really cool. But that, it had, is, it had, that is fascinating. Yeah, uh, it was, I, yeah, it was really, really neat. Um, and I was able to really kind of coach my patients through exercises and how to mobilize and find things around their home to help loosen up a knot in their muscle or maybe get into an area that's hurting them by utilization of foam rollers or, or balls or anything that can help them really get at something that they maybe couldn't get someone to work on at that moment. They couldn't have me working on them, but I can teach them how to work on it themselves. So that was great, but there was the downside of not being able to touch. And I'm a manual therapist. And a lot of what I do is not just seeing, but also feeling. And that was a challenge because I could see something on camera and all I could think of is I just want to put my hands on that. <laughs> but it, it was a great way to also show me how to be more creative um, in helping my clients, you know, so it had yeah. a because I imagine what you would want to do or any therapist would want to do to touch this spot and see if it hurts. Does this really hurt? Or how does it help if I must massage it this way or something? Right. You know, you just want to try to give the person the sense that this is an area that needs to be treated and this is how we can treat it. And I was happy to be able to give my patients a little bit more of the driver's seat and saying, hey, you know what, you can fix this too don't feel that because you can't get in to see your therapist, you're kind of in a bad spot and you, there's nothing you can do until the lockdown is over. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, that's putting it off way too far because yeah. you can also by using zoom, you can see a person if you give them exercises to do yeah. and you can see how they're doing them and just, and what, you know, which I wouldn't know necessarily, but is like, if they're standing in a certain way, trying to do an exercise, that's not helping. Yeah. It, now you can work I, that. I can see where the shortcomings are, where they're compensating. And, and that was also very good so that they weren't hurting themselves. Because um, form is something that some definitely people during the lockdown were very zealous about working out more and exercising more. And I want to get stronger. I don't want to get, you know, the COVID-15, whatever pounds they were worried about gaining. And so they were interested in staying strong and being able to watch them do their exercises and make sure they were staying on top of what they needed to watch out for so they don't hurt themselves was really cool. Right. And during this mess, 18 months, have you seen people who have, have had the problem of, I don't, like I'm feeling, I don't walk as much as I did. And therefore I don't feel like I can go, like I could walk X far before the pandemic. And now, even though I go out every day, it's not as far and I don't feel as, as able to go as far. Do you see that? You know, I, I have seen both. I have seen, and I have experienced personally both too, you know, where, you know, there was a certain structure and a certain rigor to our lives that, you know, made us have this really impressive amount of stamina to do things. But when the lockdown happened, it, it definitely, there was a, a, a bit of a decline there, but for other people, it did the opposite. I feel it, it made other people feel uh, more, I guess, seeing what was happening around us and, and realizing how grave the situation was, I think people also made an effort to say, well, I need to be healthier. I need to take better care of myself. I want to increase my strength, my immunity, whatever it is. And so exercise started to become more and more of a priority for others. 
So I'm really impressed with those who have been able to do that because I definitely could have used a little work in that department. <laughs> well, actually, that happened in a lot of, in a several areas. You know, as, as you're aware, my wife is involved with vitamins and supplements and other yeah. type of help. And a number, amazingly, a number of people that called once the pandemic was known and said, can we work on our my immune system? And I said, my 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 silent voice said, why haven't you been doing this already? But never too late. Let's <laughs> better late than never, right? Better late, better late. <laughs> now you've been doing physical therapy for you say 18 plus years. What got you into that? What was your journey to this? I was always fascinated with the human body. And I was a dancer when I was younger. And uh, I really wanted to be a dancer. And I then realized that I, my passions were elsewhere over time, but I still wanted to be very involved in the dancer world. So I figured, you know, um, if I can be in a profession that can allow me to work with dancers and be involved in something that has to do with movement and anatomy, then I think that was a pretty good pairing up. And so I, um, I'm fascinated by the body. I, I'm still learning. I'm, I'm still learning every day how truly interconnected and how there are so many systems intertwined into what makes a person. And I think that um, if there's anything I can say, it's how important it is nowadays for me as a clinician when I take care of my patients to make sure I look at everything. How are they sleeping? How are they doing with food and nutrition? What's their lifestyle like? All of these factors, uh, where are they mentally? Are they stressed out of their minds? Um, you know, all of these things are part of the huge picture that make up a person. And, and if I'm not looking at all of these areas, even though I'm not trying to specialize, I can always refer out when needed, but I need to take into account all the layers that comprise a person's health if I'm going to be effective as a therapist um, for them. So my passion has grown, it's changed, it's evolved, my focus has um, and it all, you know, it all was, you know, I, I, I'm grateful that I have been able to be part of this profession and, and still feel that in this profession, I'm able to give and provide to my patients um, a quality of care that um, I probably wasn't able to do in the past for, for many reasons. Um, and I, that's what led me to open my private practice now so that I can give to them where I feel that a lot of you know, our, our, our system sometimes can fail my clients and fail my patients. Um, so that's, uh, that's well, to give special care, to give individual care is, is very special. And yeah. I, that's not found as often in the general medical profession. And no, no, unfortunately not. There's no time, Tom. That's, I think what it it's is. Time, like, yes. Everyone's under pressure and there's a lot of stress. Um, and you know, I, it's an excuse I hate to say, but in, in, in my practice, I spend an hour with my patients, sometimes more. And it's so that I can really kind of hear their story and get to the crux of the issue, um, and to, to get to the root cause of the issue. And, and that is, I think one of the things that people feel most, um, where the challenge is, is that they don't feel heard. They feel like they go into an office, they sit there for 10 minutes and then they're out the door. Um, but there's still so much more information that they probably felt they needed to share that was probably really pertinent. And, um, and I want to be able to give my clients the platform to share their story because it's really how I get 
that's where all the answers are. It, it all comes from my patients. They have the answers. They may not have the medical diagnosis, but they, in listening and really hearing your, your client talk, you really gather all of the pieces of the puzzle to get to the, the root cause even faster sometimes. So it's really yeah. important for people to feel that they're in an environment where they have the space to feel supported and heard. Well, definitely that heard, being heard is so important. And usually it can't be in the five to seven minutes that, that is the average time that a medical professional sees somebody. Uh, and also because what you're dealing with is physical uh, responses to things. Some of them be like physical things, but some of the mental things too. You talk about stress. I mean, stress can tighten up all of our muscles. Absolutely. And if we're not sleeping well, and I know the days that I don't sleep as well, my physical body is not feeling as good as it, as it would normally feel. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it's definitely all very interconnected. And this is brings me back to my previous point where, you know, I, I can treat your pain and I can maybe, you know, do a little bit of work on it and, and you may feel better leaving my clinic, but you may come back in a few months and, or even in a few weeks and say, Hey, I still have that problem. And it's because, well, there's a lot of other things that are driving pain. We now know there's a lot of studies on chronic pain and people who have suffered from chronic pain. We know that there's a very big, strong, uh, emotional, neurological, mental, psychological component to pain. And there are times when, you know, um, I don't try to pose as a, as a talk therapist or, or mental health therapist, but I do inform my patients that this is an issue and that this is something that they may need to also work on while working with me as I work out the physical kinks as well. Um, but sleep and nutrition, we know that there's inflammation and inflammation can also lead to pain and discomfort. And so if I have a patient who's having pain and, you know, they are very sensitive to, it could be anything, it could be sugar, it could be dairy, it could be gluten. And, and their diet consists mainly of like pasta and sugar and, and, and ice cream, then, you know, there may be a little bit of difficulty there helping that person. And so my job is to kind of sort of guide them and help them see that, you know, being, being human is, is encompasses many systems. And if I'm going to try to help this person, we've got to look at everything. Well, and that comes from one, the first thing that you talked about, and that is listening. You're, yeah. you're taking the time to listen. And it may be that they need to investigate things like diet and or emotional health. But you, you wouldn't know that unless you listen to them. You know, or have someone the time to hear them. Exactly. <laughs> have the time. That's it. Have the time. Yeah. And, but it's wonderful that you can take that time um, and it, it works out for you and it certainly will work out for them. That's no yeah. doubt about that. And, and real quick with the pelvic pain population, Tom, you know, there, there is a lot of, um, there's a lot of, it's a very special area because people are suffering from issues that maybe are very embarrassing for a lot of people and makes them feel uncomfortable to even have the conversations with their doctors or loved ones. And so in such a sensitive topic, you don't want to feel like the person is feeling rushed or, or in, a, in a situation where they feel like they're too embarrassed to speak about something. And so there's a certain amount of delicacy that goes into really having that time to ask and, and, and really get the client to feel comfortable opening up to share things that may not be very easy to talk about, depending on the person. Right. Well, you're building trust is what you're building. Oh, it's very important. That's, that's the most important thing is that my patients trust me and trust that they're in a safe space to share these things 
uh, with me. Otherwise, then you know that we're, what are we doing here? We're, we're not going to we're not going to make progress. Right. And the other piece, obviously, that you've already mentioned, but is education. We need more education. Zoom. I imagine you could put this out. I don't know who would, how you do that and make it so that more people are aware. I'm doing a, a thing on Zoom. Well, you know, it's it's Zoom has been very helpful because through Zoom in the during the pandemic, I've been able to reach a lot more people. And um, one of the groups I belong to is called Union Square Play. And basically, it's a group that is devised for mothers in their, you know, motherhood in the early years. And I am their pelvic floor physical therapist, where I have spoken to moms in the group regarding pelvic pain and postpartum issues. And, you know, one of the big things I leave off with before I sign off with them is please share your stories with your sisters, your friends, uh, your cousins, that, that these are issues that are real, they exist, and that there is help out there. Um, spread the word because if we don't share our stories then you know it dies it just there's no way of people knowing that there is help out there and I think that we're getting better at spreading the word but I think there's still more work to be done because a lot of people don't know that there's help out there for them and that physical therapy is there to help them Um, so you know I really think it's important that the word gets spread well that's very true and you've hit upon a time your timing is beautiful because I'm going to ask you now if people who are listening to us would like to learn more as you're talking about or spread the word more or find a way to either treat, have them themselves helped or others that they know, how can they get in touch with you? What's the best way for them to reach out to you? Sure. Um, uh, the best way, you know, I am on email all day long and I really respond in less than 24 hours. So um, my email is PT at gmail.com. It's my first and last name, pt at gmail.com. Um, they're welcome to email me with any questions. And there are no such thing as dumb questions or weird questions that I just want people to know that I, I, I'm, I'm open to whatever questions people may have, even if it's what's physical therapy. <laughs> um, right. And another thing they can do to reach me is through Instagram. Uh, my handle is power.lily, L-I-L-Y, N-Y-C, power.lily, N-Y-C. And um, I have probably only a handful of posts on there, so don't get too excited, but uh, I'm definitely reachable through that medium as well. Um, so, you know, please, please reach out with any questions and, or, or just about how to get in touch with a physical therapist in their area. I'm happy to help with that too. Right. Cause they, they may be from any far away that they're coming. Yes, touch yes absolutely. Yeah. Possible. Yes. So as we end here, cause this has been just delightful. And I think the information you have and the, what the work you're doing is very special. Okay. What do you hope for the future? What is it that, how do you see things that you'd like to see happen? Uh, not only that we all don't have to deal with a pandemic. I know that. But in terms of spreading the word, in terms of helping people, what, what is your vision for the future? You know, my hope, I think, is, oh, um, that's a loaded question, Tom. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I, that's a great question. You know, I think that um, I just want people to, I guess, most importantly, is know that they do not have to suffer in silence that my hope is that we become a nation that be able that is able to help people with these specific conditions to feel that they are able to have care that is accessible to them, that they feel that um, 
they do not have to go down a rabbit hole and feel like they are being tossed around into different disciplines, that there is a place where they maybe can come and get the help that they need and not feel that they've just got to live with it. They've got to live with, you know, peeing in their pants or live with, I can't go to an opera or see a movie because I've got to run to the bathroom or live with, I can't be part of my children's lives because I'm in too much pain to enjoy them. You know, that they feel that there is, there's help out there. There's support out there. There are ways to get, to get help. Well, that's wonderful. And you are certainly one of those ways to get help. Yes, please feel free to reach out. <laughs> for so, sure. Flora Cohn, thank you so much for being on this show and for sharing with us this information, which is, I think, very, very important. So thank you for being our guest. It's been a pleasure, Tom. Thank you so much. You're quite welcome. <laughs>